1: You're enough, yeah well, you're half right. What is this, amateur? This are? is gonna be huge. I think this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever had. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Y'all ready for this? Thank God it's time. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. It is time! to put the work away and head into a sports weekend with the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump along with adam lundy i won't be here next friday but i will be on the show i'll be doing the show next week from wisconsin dairy state you're gonna have some cheese cheese heads i'll be among the cheese heads next week Ah, big weekend of sports. So many things happening. You've got NBA All Star weekend. You've got college basketball. Purdue's in action. Indiana's in action. Mastodon's tonight and Sunday. Uh, Mastodon's women will be in action tomorrow. You've got uh, Indiana Tech, who's just been tearing it up. The men are 24 and 3, I believe. They've won like eight or nine straight. I think it's nine straight. And the team they play Saturday at the Schaefer Center, Lords College. Uh, is the last team that it beat indiana tech and so it's rematch time little revenge on the mind of indiana tech as they'll uh, play at the schaefer center so if you've got some hoops you're looking for this weekend you don't have to look very far
2: and you are correct they're 24 and 3 overall and have won their last nine they're nine and zero at
1: home they're nine and zero at home yes yeah, so and have won nine in a row so you nine go. is kind of the magic number for the indiana tech warriors men's basketball team coach ted albert uh, but anyway yeah so you've got that going on tomorrow you've got high school hockey with the premier game the Memorial Cup championship coming up tomorrow do we know who plays in the Memorial Cup championship it's gonna be Carol versus Leo okay that's was said so definitively by Adam Lundy
2: I had to think about it but I, I'm I know it's Carol versus Leo
1: okay so that is so now you're much more confident it is Carol versus Leo championship tomorrow. Of the Memorial Cup, we've got the coverage with Josh Williams on the call. We also have high school basketball. Big night in the SAC tonight with Concordia and Wayne. Now, when the season started, I'll be honest, looking at some of the highlighted games throughout the season and trying to compare with the schedules of Purdue and other obstacles we might have and having the frequency available to be able to broadcast the games I did not look at Concordia Wayne as one of the highlighted games we were trying to fit into our schedule, but it's turned out both of these teams have been terrific, and uh, and so they'll play for uh, possibly deciding the SAC title. That's a very that's a possibility for uh, the Wayne Generals. And so we've got that. Uh, what else do we have this weekend? NBA All-Stars, did I mention that? There's it, 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 so many things going on. Uh, of course, still talking about the Colts. They've got their head coach now, and it's on to Phase 2, which is filling out the staff. I was thinking about this today because everybody's talking about the Colts and trying to get up to the number one pick and that, uh, you know, what will the Bears want? And I started to think about this. Are the Bears set on Justin Fields, or should they be? If you're a Bears fan... Would you rather Bears trade down, give up the number one pick overall, and get multiple picks back, or would you rather the Bears keep the number one pick, draft a quarterback, and ship Justin Fields to a new team? Are you satisfied that Justin Fields is your future in Chicago? I don't know if that's – I think that's up for debate on whether Justin Fields has done enough to earn that job long term. I think there's been moments, but there's also been just about as many moments where you question, is he really the franchise guy? And I know a lot was made this week with Justin Fields and some of his comments about playing in cold weather. He doesn't like it. And so if you're playing in Chicago – you're going to play three or four games that probably will be in cold weather. And if they stay at Soldier Field for the next few years, depending on whatever happens with that property out in Arlington, you're on the lake, which which actually can make it feel colder when you get to the fall if you get those uh, breezes. I've been at Soldier Field in September where it's a beautiful day and you can go hang out on the parks in Chicago and feel very comfortable. And then you go to Soldier Field, and for some reason, the temperature drops like 10 or 15 degrees. There's a lot more wind. It's just a a different climate right there on the lake. So uh, is he your guy? Should the Bears actually trade the number one pick? Everybody thinks, oh, well, the Bears already have a quarterback. They picked him a couple of years ago, so they'll look to trade that number one pick, but should they?
2: Well, yeah, we'll leave it up to the text line. We did get a text about it already. 46862. They said if I were the Bears, I would take Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields. I think there was a typo. so I'm going to assume that's what they meant. Right. Uh, that's called an upgrade.
1: That Alabama kid is pretty special. Yeah, he's Just definitely. Jim Mercier. Yeah, he's called Jim Mercier might have sold that number one pick to Chicago to keep it and might have blown his cover. I. I but uh, I, I started to think about that. I thought, everybody's assuming that Chicago's shopping the number one pick and the team that would be the most aggressive buyer would be the Indianapolis Colts. But I don't know that Chicago isn't going to keep it. And, and I think that gives Chicago a lot of leverage where they can ask for the moon to get out of that number one pick because if they end up with it, that decision's made for them. They draft a quarterback. They dump off Justin Fields. And the future starts with Bryce Young at this point. He's kind of the number one consensus guy. Uh, we don't know by that time, is it still going to be Bryce Young? But you can take your pick of all the quarterbacks available if you're the Chicago Bears sitting with the number one pick.
2: Yeah, someone else uh, its kind of splitting the fan base here a little bit. Someone else weighing in. Yes, Fields is the future. You have to have your head checked if you think otherwise.
1: Well, that's that's just the thing. Right now, there's there it's up for debate. Some people feel strongly on Justin Fields. Some people feel strongly that Justin Fields is not the future. I think there's just as many people, 100% committed to moving on from Justin Fields and drafting a quarterback, as the amount of Bears fans that are 100% committed to Justin Fields as the future. I I don't know. I you know I don't have uh I, I don't have interest with with the Bears. I mean I I. I don't follow them as closely as the Colts, and so I guess I'm asking our Chicago Bears listeners, the fan base that listens to the show, because I do know we have a number of listeners that are Chicago Bears fans. I see them on social media. Uh, What do you do if you're the Chicago Bears?
2: Someone weighing in about the Colts and who would they want them to draft. They said uh, C.J. Stroud can't read a playbook. The Colts would be foolish to draft C.J. Stroud.
1: You've got Richardson moving up. You've got Will Levis out there from Kentucky. And I saw Dan Orlovsky's breakdown on Will Levis. I don't know if you heard that one today. I saw a video of, of Orlovsky breaking down Will Levis and said the comp that he sees in Levis is Josh Allen. Arm strength, movement in the pocket uh, that he he compares him to Josh Allen. That's a pretty good comp.
2: Yeah, I like it. Uh, someone else weighing in the Colts should throw in Chris Ballard in any trade with the Bears.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've already uh, you've taken uh, our defensive coach. Maybe you would like our general manager. <laughs> uh, well, that's the other thing. Do you trust Chris Ballard to be the one to make this call and make this decision? You know, here's the other thing to think about when we were talking to Greg Raystraw, because this came up where Jim Ursay made the comment about the Alabama kid. Well, it's still very early, and if you'd ask Jim Ursay to weigh in publicly on the head coaching search. Back in early January, he would have said, I think that Jeff Saturday could really coach. (laughs) Because he was for Jeff Saturday maintaining the position and being given the full-time responsibilities as the Colts head coach. Well, we know where that ended up. So. You know, with the evaluation, the scouts, and everything that Jim Ursay is going to be hearing and presented with between now and the draft, it could certainly change. I don't think he was bluffing. I I think it came out in a way that he didn't plant that information. I think Jim Ursay likes what he has seen from Bryce Young. Now, here's the question. How many of the quarterbacks in the middle of all these interviews that they've been conducting that are lasting like five hours at a crack – How many quarterbacks has Jim Irsay really had a chance to break down? Do you think he's seen film on all three? Do you think they've gotten full scouting reports? Do you think they've talked about which guy do we like best? Or do you think Jim Ursay saw a couple of highlight plays and thought, wow, that's pretty impressive?
2: Well, then we could ask, why is Jim Ursay doing all this? But then we can, you know, that he actually is the one that runs the team and yeah. it's not Chris Ballard. Yeah, so. that, uh,
1: <laughs> that Chris Ballard has strings on the arms and works as We've a We've just now accepted puppet. that Irsay is doing everything now, I guess. And that's the way we feel. Uh, yeah, you could take Ballard, but then you got to replace him with somebody who's willing to be Jim Ursay's puppet at this point. because. Uh, It's so awkward now seeing the press conferences because Chris Ballard just looks like a beaten man. He always sat there really so proud, so confident, uh, so sure of himself. And now he just sits there kind of almost like he's half-pouting as Jim Irsay speaks at the press conferences. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, we got a couple texts. Uh, Someone said, I would like to see the Colts trade down this year, get an extra first next year, and maybe see if you can move up and get Caleb Williams or Drake May.
1: I wouldn't even worry about May. I think next year's draft is going to be all about Caleb Williams. Teams will be giving up half their rosters to go up and get number one. Whoever whoever ends up with that number one pick could name their price because I think Caleb Williams is that good.
2: Another one, uh, true Bears fans believe Fields is who they should build around. The Bears trade back and get more picks.
1: Bears certainly need the picks. They need, I mean, to me... If you don't feel that it's a significant upgrade, a guaranteed home run, to take yourself off Justin Fields, I think the Bears are better off as an organization, getting multiple picks, maybe getting a player, and moving forward that direction because it's not like the Bears are just one quarterback off. The Bears have about four or five needs right now, and I think it would help to get those extra picks and get those people into the pipeline as quickly as possible. So if I was the Bears, and that's why I'm presenting the question, because I am i don't want to make this statement on behalf of Bears fans when I'm not one. Right. But I do feel that if you look at it from the outside, I think Justin Fields is is a, a guy who could probably could be a Dak Prescott type and maybe even more athletic and maybe even uh, you know more dangerous with his legs. I don't know if he's at the level of Jalen Hurts, but he's got similar skill sets. But I think you're okay right now with Justin Fields. I think you need to provide a lot of support. Fields is not a guy that elevates everyone around him. Fields is one of those guys that if you put talent around him, he can be a pretty effective quarterback. We saw that when he played at Ohio State. You put talent at the wide receiver, uh, give him a decent offensive line, I think Justin Fields will be okay. Their line played horrible this year. I mean, we talked about the Colts line, but the Bears line wasn't much better.
2: Someone asks, why do you trust the Bears to use those picks to help them? They do not have the track record to support that.
1: Yeah, that's the story of the NFL. (laughs) I mean, really, if you look around – There's not many teams who really hit. I mean, it's, you know, there's guys that just say, oh, that was a brilliant draft pick. And in some ways, it's like, yeah, they got a little lucky. Uh, But uh, I don't know that there's a team that I would look at right now and say, boy, they draft so great every year. You know, the NBA used to be kind of Golden State was always really good at drafting. But, you know, even they failed on a couple of occasions. In the NFL, is there anybody in the NFL that you can say consistently produces with their draft picks? And don't give me somebody who's always had the number two pick like Houston. And actually, they haven't even. Because somebody who's always got a number two pick, they ought to be hitting pretty regularly, right? Give me somebody who has to take that 12th guy in the first round and he turns out to be an all-pro player. You know, that. I I don't know that there's anybody in the NFL that's consistently really good at at drafting. The question is, is there people that are consistently bad? And uh, the record speaks for itself.
2: Someone weighing in on Chris Ballard, they said, Chris Ballard seems to get mad at every time someone asks him a question. And for someone who has failed, he sure is arrogant.
1: Well, he's always had that arrogance about him, but now it's almost like it comes with a sarcastic chuckle. Like, I knew I was going to be on the hot seat just showing up today. 46862 is our Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Big weekend of sports. Uh, High school hoops tonight. It's Concordia at Wayne, presented by Indiana Physical Therapy. After the game, join Dute and the gang for our Parkview Sports Medicine high school basketball post-game show that will be from the Waynedale Pizza Hut. And then tomorrow, uh, we've got high school semi-state girls basketball with the Snyder Panthers taking on the Fishers Tigers. A 10 o'clock tip from Huntington. Michael McIntyre has the call. And then uh, tomorrow afternoon, Josh Williams will be at the Parfee Sport One Ice House as the Memorial Cup will be decided. And uh, you'll get that coming up tomorrow. Uh, right here on 1380 the fan and 100.9 fm and then uh tonight and sunday we've got mastodons basketball of course tonight we've got mastodons basketball on the stream at 1380 thefancom and then we've got uh we're on the radio on sunday as the mastodons take on right state welcome back to the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett Ruffler with along with Four six eight six two, the Parkview Sports Madison text line. Any questions, comments, or suggestions? Of course, we want to talk a little bit about the Pacers, the NBA All Star Weekend, and on the road in Salt Lake City, Utah. Our next guest joining us is Scott Agnes from the Fieldhouse Files. Scott, how's Salt Lake City?
0: Yeah, good afternoon, Brett. It's it's going well. Everyone seemingly filing in. Hotels are full. You know, things are buzzing a little bit more downtown. As there's little street vendors and pop-up stores and things going on. So things are going well and really get started here tonight with the Rising Stars game.
1: I got a question about the schedule because I think you may have even pointed it out that there were teams that had to play Thursday night going into All-Star weekend. Why did the NBA do that? Do they have to satisfy a TV contract? What's the deal?
0: Yeah, I'm not certain 100% on that. I think it's just not every team plays every night and the all-star break just starts a a couple days early for some. And the difference is they'll make – generally they'll make it up on the back end, right? So those teams that played Thursday maybe won't play again until, say, next Friday in an ideal world. That way they're still able to get those five to seven days without doing anything. But, man, it would be difficult to see, you know, your peers already in Salt Lake City and you're over there playing a game that you just want to be done with and either head to vacation or if you're an all-star – here right away to Salt Lake City.
1: It was an interesting uh, finish of the pre-All-Star break for the Indiana Pacers. They uh, It depends, I guess, what part of the game you were watching as to your perspective. But the Pacers were one team in the first half, a different team in the second half. But it sure feels good to complete the comeback and go into the All-Star break on a high.
0: Yeah, I think so. They badly needed it after losing 16 of their last 18 games giving up like 120-some points per game and just defensively not being sharp, not getting things done correctly. And so we saw Rick Carlisle change things up, even change the starting lineup, uh, gave different guys uh, some minutes. We even saw Chris Duarte back in the rotation, and he scored 11 points there in that second quarter. So, yeah, from a vibes and, and morality standpoint, absolutely uh, helpful for them to go into the break uh, with some positivity after a very difficult, really, last month and a half ever since Tyrese got hurt. But I will say, Brett, I think it was a, a much-needed and appreciated reality check because they needed to see what this team was without Tyrese. And it, this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I think it, it works fairly well. Peyton Manning for the Colts covered up so much, right, that the running joke, I think, within the team was like, what happens if you have a backup quarterback? It doesn't matter if you have a backup quarterback. Because you're not going to win anything. And so I think with this Pacers team, with Tyrese, when he did miss those 10 of uh, ten games or so and the Pacers lost nine, I think it, it further uh, proof of his impact on the team and also how they're at least one more star away from being a championship contending team. This is just year two of a rebuild.
1: And it's not a uh, total weekend off for the Pacers. A number of guys are going to be active, including a couple of youngsters. And uh, Ben Matherin and uh, Andrew Nebhardt, are going to be participating in the uh, rookies game. Now, is that tonight?
0: Yeah, that's tonight at nine o'clock. There's a celebrity game where I'm not even sure many of the celebrities and and that how, who have that label right much anymore. But that game's at seven o'clock at, uh, on the campus of the University of Utah. Then the Rising Stars game, which is basically the rookie sophomore game, uh, is at Vivint Arena right huh. here uh, coming up 9 p.m. Eastern seven. O'clock local time.
1: Uh, you turned down the invitation for that celebrity game, didn't you, Scott?
0: <laughs> if I got that one, that would only speak <laughs> to the level of how it's uh, gone downhill. I thought it, I thought it used to be really fun, to be honest. But the last four or five years, and, and maybe it speaks to some of the cultural stuff that I don't follow your latest music and movies. But like, it does not include those high-level individuals that I'm so accustomed to seeing in those type of games. But I think, you know, just, just like the Pro Bowl, some of that has just kind of lost its its appeal. Over the last five years.
1: Your mad Biebs isn't going to be playing tonight?
0: No, I'd be there. That's that's for <laughs> sure. Give me some Justin Timberlake. Give me you know, something like that. I, I'd be there to check that out. But um, no, nothing of note in that celebrity game. So all attention will be at the Rising Stars game tonight. And then you go to move forward to tomorrow night. It's All-Star Saturday mm-hmm. where the Pacers have a couple representatives. And, by the way, uh ivy uh is involved not only tonight but also in the skills challenge tomorrow for purdue fans uh
1: quick question about this uh this futures game or the rising stars i guess they call it um of course ben Matherins had a solid year and there's still plenty of basketball to be played is rookie of the year out of reach for him or could he make a statement in a game like this that gets a lot of exposure and put himself into the conversation
0: Yeah, that's a good point because how many, you know, media members and others outside of Indianapolis are really watching the Pacers, especially as, you know, the losses pile up. Like I said, 60 now is the last uh, 19 games that have been losses. And so I I think this could only help a a case here. I I was joking with someone this morning, um, knowing how competitive Benedict is, whether it's a practice, whether it's a shooting game, whether it's this rising start game. I'm fully expecting him to be one of the few players out there actually treating it uh like a like a normal game with that high intensity and not like taking it easy like maybe many of the players will. So uh he he would need a good finish down the stretch. Maybe you'd need Boncaro to you know not get as much playing time or for them to maybe turn their attention towards tanking a little bit. And then this, a good performance here tonight could only help really more in the gain awareness factor, but it's certainly a two-man
1: race. As we head into the All-Star break, what are some of the storylines from the first half? What what seems to stand out as far as surprises to you?
0: Think number one is just how, how good Tyrese has been, far better than expectations. I think Miles not only uh, got his good contract that he wanted, but he's lived up to it thus far, and mm-hmm. he's obviously having a uh, special season pacers still have gaping holes on the on the wing still don't have that wing defender right the last game we saw Zach Levine come in here and have something like 32 points and nearly a triple double and usually the opposing wings do that I also think Brett, the defense as a whole a lot of improvement needed on that front um, I, I think we still need to see other guys take some steps up specifically talking about Chris Duarte Isaiah Jackson Jalen Smith and more to that I'd like for them to get more consistent minutes. But as Rick Carlisle noted, uh, he doesn't want to just be giving minutes away. They have to be earned. They can't be unconditional. And so that tells me he doesn't like all the things he's seen in practice. Maybe they're not necessarily completely following through on the game plan or executing what they've been told. And so, therefore, they haven't been getting as many minutes. But this last game we saw J- Jackson for a little bit. We saw Jalen Smith play six minutes in the fourth quarter and popped a little bit. So for me, going down the stretch, Brett, here, it's sad we only have 22 games left. But I want to see improvement defensively, and I want to see more of these young guys get a get an opportunity and then make the most of it.
1: Why is this team, Ben, such a poor athletic or poor defensive team?
0: I think it starts with inexperience. I think then guys are losing their matchups. But there's some guys that just aren't great defenders. Buddy Heels, for example, is never going to be a great defender. Can he be good enough? Can he be average Uh, and not give up too many points, right? Um, So many of the guys, I mean, when you look at it, the Pacers, two best defenders, one's a rookie and the other is really playing what effectively could be his rookie season when it comes to basketball. He's been in the league talking about Aaron Neesmith now three years. But he really didn't get consistent minutes. So this season is certainly an individual growth season for him on that front. So they have been so reliant on young, young guys and experienced guys. Um, and then they just, the point of attack and in guarding their yard, as Rick Carlisle often talked about, that hasn't been good. And so in turn, everybody's kind of scrambling defensively, helping and not sure when to help. Um, So those are certainly the things that Ronald Nord, who heads up the Pacers defense, has been working on recently and will continue to do so. I mean, their last couple of practices going into the break, they didn't even work on offense. It was all defense and rebounding. And don't even get me started on rebounding, Brett. That's been an issue, it (laughs) seems like, going back to the Frank Vogel days. Yeah. More than a decade.
1: Scott Agnes, Fieldhouse Files, joining us on the guest line. Uh, What is the... I guess what's the goal for the Pacers? What would make the second half, or, or the, I guess seemingly the second half, even though it's like the final third, uh, what right. would make it successful? Is this about giving the young guys those minutes like you talked about and trying to see what you have for the future? Or is this about trying to make a serious run at number 10, which I think is such a wasted spot to be. All it means is extra basketball and a worse draft pick. but. What what I mean? What is this team basically playing for in this uh, this final third of the season?
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that last point. This this should not be about trying to make any kind of run and then get you know if you even made it into the uh, playoffs and get swept without doubt. So to me, I think after we needed to see them through the trade deadline. Now we can determine what's next, and what's next should be a priority of the younger guys. Um, should be a focus on setting the culture, setting the standard, what's allowed defensively, how they play and handle those different things. Um, but ultimately, I, I think they recognize now they didn't make any big upgrades or anything at the trade deadline. Focus more on the future again, right, with George Hill being mm-hmm. a veteran's presence and, and Jordan Nora, one of those younger guys. So seeing those guys play, seeing how they look, I think you got to decide on one of the bigs it feels like moving forward, right? You don't want to continue to have this logjam with Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson plus Miles Turner, that's something that needs to be resolved. The focus, certainly, though, is on getting those guys' time and ultimately cashing in, I believe, on another lottery pick. And then moving forward, you'd like to be done with that after three years because that's been very unlike this franchise.
1: What about expiring contracts? Do the Pacers have any at the end of the year?
0: So you would have had Miles Turner. That would have been a bigger one. Right. Um, outside of that, nothing significant. They'll have a few guys you'd have to decide on, but nothing of utmost importance. You're talking about O'Shea uh, Brissett, James Johnson, uh, George Hill, I believe, is up after this. But none of the main guys, what they will see Brett coming this offseason, um, will be the first time allowed where the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton could agree on a contract extension from his rookie deal. Uh, you could extend Buddy Heald's contract, for example, because he'll be entering a contract year. That's certainly something they should give consideration to. I'm sure they'll also see what his trade value is as well and what it looks like. Because, again, there's that log jam at that two-guard spot. Chris Duarte, Benedict Madden, Uh Jordan Morris now a four, sometimes a three. So that he doesn't fit in that mold. But um, I think that's another position that still needs clarified a little bit.
1: Uh, are we going to see a mock draft for you on this uh, All-Star Weekend now that they're picking teams? Do you, do you like that whole idea of picking the All-Star team by the captains? So
0: here's the thing. I'm more of a traditionalist where I do like the East versus West, mm-hmm. although I acknowledge here in the last you know, decade it seems like it keeps swinging back and forth where uh, one side is much more dominant. So in a, an effort to kind of refresh it, if they are going to have a mix of t- players on different teams and draft them, I love, I think I will, at least. Let me see it on Sunday. But I think I love this idea about a live draft because it, it brings in kind of that playground feel that so many people grew up in where you just have ten guys and I got you, you got him, and let's go. Um, the only aspect of consideration was some sensitivity, which I kind of laugh at um is you know the old who gets picked last yeah. what that means which i kind of laugh at though because you're talking about an all-star yeah you're an all-star for a reason you're one of the top 24 <laughs> players in the league in the world so i i understand the sensitivity but i also kind of chuckle at it
1: yeah if you're uh the worst of the 20 best i don't think you're in a bad position <laughs> uh i think you're all right yeah i think you're okay uh, Scott, always enjoy uh, having you on. I hope everybody gets their subscription to Fieldhouse Files, continues to support the great work you do on the road, Salt Lake City, for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Look forward to talking to you again.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much, bud.
1: Yep, that is Scott Agnes joining us on the guest line. And, of course, Scott making the trip out there. He made a note on Fieldhouse Files this morning uh, thanking all of his supporters and subscribers because that's how he's able to do things like go to the Combine, uh, go uh, on these trips and cover things like the draft, the combine, the all-star game. And uh, and so Scott Agnes is on the road at Salt Lake City, and we appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule out in Salt Lake City to talk to us. We've got to take a break. We're going to come back. Plenty more on the other side. We're counting it down to 6 o'clock, and the sports weekend officially begins. You're listening to The Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan. And 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush. Your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Final time, Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. And, of course, it is NBA All-Star Weekend. And, now, I don't know if you heard, but the way this draft is going to be held is the team captains, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, are going to draft. And they're going to draft reserves first. And then the starters, because they don't want one of the reserves to be the last guy picked. <laughs> we don't want to hurt anybody's multi-million dollar make feelings. Me, make me real sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go down. It's going to go down in salary negotiations. Uh, by the way, he was the last guy picked in the All-Star game. I'm like, too bad. Too bad. Whoa is me. Uh, turn down your All-Star invitation if you're afraid of being picked last. Uh, but anyway... So, let's have some fun here, Adam. Let's go ahead and have our mock draft. Let's do it. You could be LeBron or Giannis. Who do you want to be? Uh, I'll be Giannis, I okay, guess. Okay, you'll be LeBron. And no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'll let you be Giannis. I'll be LeBron. Uh, okay, we've got to pick our teams. And who gets. I'll let you pick first. I'll actually give you the first pick. Uh, now here's the list of the reserves. Let's go ahead and make sure everybody knows who is on the list of available players. Yep. Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle. Oh, no. Don't do that. I, I think I know. Uh, see, Pascal Siakam, Anthony Edwards, Darren Fox, Paul George, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dame Lillard, and DeMonte Simonis. Okay, so there's the list of players to pick from. Uh, go ahead. Make your first pick. Give me big game Dame. Oh, man, I was kind of looking at uh, at Dame. Um, All right, so now it is my pick, and I'll go with experience. And it is not, uh, please, do not at me because I'm doing this. But I'll go ahead and go, Paul George.
2: Oh, all right.
1: And so now it's your pick. Is it your pick? Do we go back and forth? Yeah, I think we go back and forth. And let, yeah, I don't think it's snake. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know which way we were going. I will take Jalen Brown of yeah. the Boston Celtics. You keep getting the next pick. I got <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm going to take DeRozan next. Um, you know who I'm I'm going to surprise you a little bit with this one. I think I will. Because I'm going to take Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's a good he's, pick. He's, <laughs> he's quietly been outstanding. And, of course, Oklahoma City never hardly gets on TV, so no one knows it. But he's been really good. So I'll take Shea Gilgis-Alexander.
2: Um, I'm going to take DeMontis Sabonis as my
1: forward. Really? Yes, I am. Well, if we're going forwards, then I'm going to – boy I don't know. Who do I take between – Adebayo and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I'm gonna take I, I'm I'm going Bam. It's a good pick. I'm taking Bam over Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: <sighs> <laughs> now it starts getting a little tougher, doesn't it? Give me I'll take
1: Anthony Edwards. Uh, I I, I like that pick. Um, trying to see. Okay, so Anthony Edwards, where's he at? Uh, where, oh, there he is. All right. Um, okay, so now we're down to Demar Derozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Julius Randall, Pascal Siakam, DeAaron Fox, Jared Jackson Jr. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. Do I dare take Randall from you? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take. DeMar DeRozan. It's a good pick. I like DeMar. All right, what do you got? I need a small forward.
2: There's not a whole lot of small forwards. Um. <laughs> what
1: well, you've got play set up here for your four man? Is that what you're able to do? Come on, just uh, give me my guy, Randall. Uh, I figured. I figured he'd be coming off the board pretty soon, yeah. especially looking at the picks that are left. Okay, so I'm taking. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take, oh, do I do I go big? Do I take a big lineup against you? Uh, depends how these guys and these starters end up. Because, you know, you look at the starters, you know what? I'm gonna take and this is <clears throat> this is probably a bad pick. I'm gonna take Jaron Jackson Jr. And it's the only only reason is because I don't know how the starters are gonna be drafted out. And you've got yeah. Embiid, Jokic, um I, I guess they're the only centers, aren't they?
2: You're gonna take 16 and four, Jaron Jackson. All right, oh, I will take. Yeah,
1: I know. Give me Tyrese Halliburton. Give me the pacer. Uh, all right. You've got Halliburton, and I've got De'Aaron Fox. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, now we're down to uh, two players left: Drew Holiday and Pascal Siakam.
2: I'll take Drew Holiday just because he's my guy. He's on my uh, fantasy team. Yeah.
1: Siakam's an injury replacement, so I'm probably taking a shafter on that one. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, our reserves I've got Adebayo, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam, Darren Fox, Paul George, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Jaron Jackson, and you've got Jalen Brown, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle. Anthony Edwards, and Damian Lillard, and Devonis Sabonis. I like yours. Thank you. I I might like yours better than mine. Can I? uh, Okay. But I get first pick among the starters, right? Uh, So I'm going to take... um, Man, starters, you can't go wrong. How do do you pick among this group? Yeah. I'm going to... uh, I'm gonna go with the guy that I think is the most versatile on the list. As far as inside, outside, and the toughest guy to defend. Jokic, give me the Joker.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. Well, I will uh I'll take my center then and I'll go with uh Joel Embiid.
1: And uh, then I gotta go with some speed and some open court. So Ja me. I got Ja Morant. That's a good pick. You know, if nobody defends him, this guy's going to put on a show. I'm going to take Luka Doncic. Uh, okay, you go ahead, take Doncic, and I will take, oh, boy, I'm I'm stuck between two guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Jason Tatum. It's a good pick. I, I was, there were two guys I was stuck with. Let's see if you take the next one.
2: I will be taking Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you took the next one. Yep. Man,
1: (laughs) you know what I've got left Irving or marketing and Irving is a better pick. But but do I want Irving on my team? I guess. (laughs) Remember, I'm LeBron James here. I think you do. I think LeBron would take Irving. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'll take Irving. And that means I get Lori Markkinen. Uh Okay, so starters. Here's our starters. I've got, of course, I'm LeBron James. I've got Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, uh, Nikola Jokic, John ja Morant. Did I miss anybody? Tatum, Irving, Jokic, John ja Morant. Oh, and LeBron. You have Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, Luka, Embiid marketing and once again i feel look at that and i think you might have gotten the best of me here
2: i'm a draft wizard what yeah. can i say
1: yeah i think you did pretty well thank you pick your roster four six eight six two let us know who you're gonna take is it gonna be adam's lineup or is it gonna be rubs lineup you know what's gonna happen you're gonna smoke me in this uh it happens every time Coming up tonight, we've got high school basketball. Tomorrow, we've got high school basketball girls semi-state. We also have the championship of uh, high school hockey. So uh, we've got a we got a big weekend. Mastodons with their homecoming weekend. We got it all. We'll tell you a little more about it when we come back. Put the wraps and the bow on another week of the Sports Rush. Coming up next here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And we're back final time here on the Sports Rush. Your daily local sports fix, four to six. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy. And there you have it. Our uh, All Star teams have been drafted. And you can go ahead and pick which roster you like. Is it mine? Is it Adam's? Uh, let us know. 46862. Busy weekend. Of course, coming up tonight, we've got your high school basketball with the Wayne Generals hosting the Concordia Cadets. And then off to the Pizza Hut in Wayndale for our Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show. All your scores. Uh, we could have an SAC champion by the time we have our post-game show. And a big thanks to Indiana Physical Therapy for sponsoring our basketball all season long, including tomorrow when we'll be on at 10 a.m. With the Snyder Lady Panthers taking on Fishers in the Girls 4A semi-state live from Huntington. Michael McIntyre has the call of girls basketball tomorrow morning. And then if Snyder wins, we've got more high school basketball tomorrow night. And in between, 3 o'clock, it's high school hockey. It's the championship game for the memorial cup here in town uh so we've got plenty to cover tomorrow and then on sunday mastodons basketball as the dons will take on wright state to finish off their regular season at home it's also the final home game for jared godfrey damian shankui rob petty and bobby Planudis. what a collection of players to uh, finish off their careers. It is, I mean, in those four guys, you've got uh, 22 years of college experience playing basketball. So they will be missed. They've made their imprint on the Mastodons program and they'll be part of Senior Day coming up on Sunday. Hope you join us for the coverage. It's 2 o'clock tip, so we'll be on the air at 145. That will do it. i got to head to the Coliseum, cover Mastodon's basketball tonight against Northern Kentucky. Hope to see you at the Coliseum. If not, we'll be on the special stream tonight so that high school basketball coverage can be heard on the radio. So you can always find us by going to 1380thefan.com. Thanks to our guests, Greg Rakestraw and Scott Agnes. I'm out. Have a great sports weekend this has been the sports rush on 1380 the fan and 100.9 fm